Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Well, it is another outstanding Sunday evening in Houston or wherever you are tuning in from. The name of the program is Your Health First. We're here every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. And as I've been saying now for 21 years, our single-minded goal is to make you better consumers of health care. No fluff, no filler. It is all legitimate, well-sourced information for all of you. Now, to participate in the program, our website, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com, and that's where you can sign for our newsletter, look at all of our social media offerings that are there. You could send me a message, communicate with our team, and all the social media links are there, drjoegalati.com. Now, on the program tonight, I would say... Wherever you are, if you're in your car, if you're at home, grab a drink, hopefully a non-alcoholic drink for the topic tonight, and settle in. This is going to be a packed, packed radio program tonight. Now, you know, we, we not that we go out of our way to talk about fatty liver. That's, that's a, a condition that, that we talk about a lot and something that I see every day as a liver specialist. But we have in the studio tonight two experts, Dr. Randeep Suneja, a cardiologist. Randeep has been here before. And somebody new to the Your Health First family, Dr. Mazen Nuruddin, who is uh, new to Houston within the last year and a half. And he is a hepatologist similar to me. And we're going to really talk about the interplay of heart disease and fatty liver, fatty liver, and heart disease, and and really what you all need to know. So I'm going to start off with Dr. Sunesia. Welcome back to the program. It's been a, a few months, but every February 1, you send me a text to say, it's American Heart Month. We have to talk. So here you are. Or, well, it's, it's I'm gay. And uh, Mazen, you're here talking about liver disease. Welcome to the program. It's, it's an honor to be here, Joe. Um, I wanted to be on this show. I heard about it, and I'm glad to be here today. And here you are, live. All right. So to get, let's just start off, since it is American Heart Month, uh, Dr. Sinesia, in a nutshell, explain to everybody how big of a problem heart disease is. Because really, at the end of the day, half the people are going to die from heart disease. Well, absolutely. It is the number one killer of uh people not only just in the U.S., but all over the world. Uh A total of 24% of the deaths occur because of cardiovascular illness. There is um, cardiovascular death that occurs every 34 seconds and an acute heart attack that occurs every 40 seconds in the U.S. So it's a staggering statistics. And uh, And the fact is that this statistics not just holds true for the U.S. This is literally all over the world, including the third 
world and developing nations and Asia, the incidence of heart disease and heart attacks is rising because of the increasing incidence of obesity and other risk factors. Right. So as a cardiologist, if you could say the most common thing that you see typically in a day, what what is it? Is it more high blood pressure? Is it people in heart failure, people having heart attacks? What do you, what do you think it is? I would say hypertension, hyperlipidemia probably are the commonest because I see patients, you know, from all ages, uh, you know, below 65, above 65. And uh, hypertension, hyperlipidemia probably is the commonest. And then along with that, coronary artery disease comes, you know, asymptomatic, symptomatic, and especially in the elderly population, congestive heart failure, as you know, is the number one diagnosis for patients above the age of 65, both in the offices and in the hospital admissions. Yeah. Now, when when you see patients, say a new patient, 65, 68 years old with high blood pressure, some cholesterol issues, and you, you bring up all of the risk factors, but you mention obesity as a risk, how do they react to that? Well, you know, that's a stark reality. You know, based on the statistics, 42% of the U.S. population currently is obese. And they're talking about we will be crossing to 51% by the end of the decade. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, in my practice at least, the way I see it, approximately 75% of the patient population has gained between 10 to 20 to 30 plus pounds So in the last three years, this pandemic has not done us any favors. We have been less active, eating more, and as a result, we have packed on pounds. Yeah. Now, Mazen, as a liver specialist, and we're talking about obesity here, fatty liver. I mean, it doesn't get any more clear what the problem is. Now, you were involved in the changing of the name of fatty liver. We've sort of gone away from using the word fat. Uh, So explain to everybody what fatty liver is is and and how the name changed. Sure, and uh, it's good to be here with a cardiologist. What I tell my patients, this disease is a cousin of the others. Yes. The obesity, the type 2 diabetes, the hyperlipidemia and hypertension. Indeed, some people say it should be part of the metabolic syndrome under the umbrella. And where it ends up? Heart disease. Right. And for the liver, also cirrhosis. Right. So fatty liver is as it sounds. When... Fat goes into the liver. The liver usually says, well, this is fat. I can handle it. Can Like medications, I should handle all of those. But then when there's excessive eating or there's excessive fat coming from the tissue, subcutaneous tissue, under the skin to the liver, and the liver gets tired, he says, well, I can't handle that much fat. And then the fat sits there. Right. And that's at the beginning of fatty liver. And then inflammation and scarring and, as you know, cirrhosis at the end. Yeah. And... Y- you mentioned uh, how we, you know cardiology is holding hands with liver disease. Liver disease is holding hands with cardiology. It really is. Fatty liver is a manifestation of obesity. Hypertension, a manifestation of obesity. Coronary artery disease, a manifestation of obesity. So in a perfect world, we could almost cohabitate and work under the same tent in a way managing these patients. And and many of your patients come to see me. Uh, my patients go back and they have heart disease that we discover. So it really, I, I think it is a crisis. Now, in the last minute, I'll at least ask each of you, how big of a public health threat is the the whole fatty liver scene with obesity? Mason, you first. Yeah, it's, uh, 
The estimate is around 30% of the population in the United States, they have fatty liver. Now, in Texas, it's 40%. Right. In a lot of states, it's more than 30%. Luckily, that's not causing problems on everyone. It's just like the subpopulation, but still a lot of them goes to the advanced stages, about 10, 20% of the 30%. That's millions of people. Right. So it's going to just increase with the obesity, as mentioned earlier. Yeah. From a public health standpoint? Obesity and heart disease, they go hand in hand. And right. that, the fatty liver. So it's uh, the epidemic of obesity, as we talked about, 42%. And especially in African-Americans and in Hispanics, the obesity factor is more than almost, uh, prevalence is more than uh, 45 to 48% currently in 2021 yeah. data, which is supposed to exceed beyond 53, 54%. Yeah. So obesity, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, pre-diabetes, diabetes, they are all going hand in hand. And with all that, coronary artery disease is a silent killer that comes along with that. Right. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, which Mason, you'll get into, the people with fatty liver, they're dying of heart disease. Absolutely. You know, we'd like to think, and it's a sad thought to say that, well, everybody's needing a liver transplant and, and they're dying of liver failure. But the truth is most are dying of, of heart disease. It's the number one cause. Yeah. No, and death and, and death in these patients. So we tell them, like, make sure your cardiologist is looking at your heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, one one question is we see so many patients, and they may be seeing a cardiologist because they're on a, a statin, they have high cholesterol. And be it the primary care physician, some cardiologists, they're stopping their statins, thinking that it's going to harm the liver. What's your take on that as a cardiologist? No, I... I absolutely recommend that they must continue statin. However, I do want them to see you, uh -huh. a liver specialist and any other liver specialist, so that they know that what is the degree of fatty liver, what extent of fatty liver it is, right. and there, Mason and yourself will come in and tell us the degree of fibrosis that is there. Right. Music to my ear. Yes. That's exactly it. So, uh, Joe, you and I see patients every day coming to us, and they say it's the Lipitor or another yeah. statin that yeah. causes elevated liver enzymes. So as my colleague mentions, like we need to keep them on it because they get a heart attack. And then we go their fatty liver. And what Randeep said is exactly the point, is how bad it is. Because it could be a simple problem, it's just fat. But also, on the other hand, you want to know if they're going to cirrhosis or, or if they just a step away from cirrhosis. Right. So that's our job. Yeah. And, and again, we'll get into this in the next break. Um, but a lot of people, and there are millions of people out there, many listening tonight, that have a fatty liver and it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We'll worry about it later. All right. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. We're talking fatty liver and heart disease. Stay tuned. Don't move. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First. Thanks very much for tuning in on this Sunday evening. We've been discussing heart disease. We've been discussing liver disease, fatty liver, and in the studio, two friends, colleagues, and experts, I would say. Mazen Nuruddin, founder of Houston Liver Institute, HoustonLiverInstitute.com, and Dr. Randeep Sunasia, founder of Houston, the uh, Cardiology Center of Houston. Their website is HoustonCardiology.com. Welcome back to you both. Um, Dr. Nuruddin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to you talking about fatty liver as the, the uh, co-liver expert here tonight. Um, 
so many people are walking around with fatty liver. Very nonchalant. Sort of their head in the sand. Oh, I got a fatty liver, but it's not a big deal. What do you say to everybody tonight that's listening tonight about the reason to get a bit serious about this? Uh, that's a key question. The last thing that you want to end up is having cirrhosis out of the blue. You end up in liver doctor's office, you don't drink alcohol, and you're being told you have cirrhosis. And you and I see that every single day, Joe, right? right? So now the American Association for the Study of Liver Disease, the American Gastroenterology Association, since 2021, they made it really clear that we should not put our head in the sand, mm -hmm. that we should look for those that they have advanced disease. And it's easy. If you have type 2 diabetes or, like Randeep mentioned earlier, hypertension, dyslipidemia, and these risk factors, they make fatty liver worse. So you got to ask your primary care or your doctor to look deeper into your liver. If they say, don't worry about it, ask them actually for additional tests because they have uh, risk factors. And we can talk about those. Yeah, but, you know, I feel fine. Yeah. I feel fine, Absolutely. Dr. Nuruddin. What, what are you bugging me about this and, for? And it's an asymptomatic disease. You don't feel symptoms. You don't feel right. nothing. And all the all of a sudden, they're showing up in your office. Joe, you see that? Yeah. With fluid in the abdomen, it's called ascites, or complication from cirrhosis. Right. So we got to tell them you really have to pay attention. Elevated liver enzymes could be okay, but could be a problem. There's certain tests. I mean, there's something called FIB4. Yeah. If you Google it, you'll find what's a FIB4. It's a numbers and age and some blood test, and your doctor need to know about this. If they don't know about this, tell, ask them, what is my FIB4? Google it. FIB4. Yeah. Google it. And yeah, and, you know, it. I would say, well, tomorrow's a holiday. Some people might not be working. Yes. But Tuesday or Monday, for those that have to work, call your doctor. If you know you have fatty liver, I really... We're going to start a, a movement here, Dr. Nuruddin. Call your doctor and say, hey, what is my FIB for? 100%. Why not? And and I, I think we, we need to do that. And uh, I've got some of my staff, some PAs of mine in, in the studio here. What do we say to our patients? The liver suffers in silence. And so don't be put off that I feel good, I look good. Now, the difference with heart disease, many patients could be silent, but a lot of people have chest pain, they're short of breath, they've got palpitations. How do you how do you try to instill in your patients? And you are a great communicator, I would say, Thank without you. a doubt. Instill on them the need to take this seriously, their heart disease or their risk factors. You know, um, Good communication and education of the patients is critically important, as you know. And, you know, I say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So, you know, I am a very big believer of coronary calcium scores. Yes. And we have so many patients walking in with hypertension, hyperlipidemia, obesity, any risk factor. I am a very big and strong believer of coronary calcium score. And it's like, you know, FIBS 4 Fib, score. Yeah. Here, every patient it, needs to know the coronary calcium score. They really need to know where they stand. And once you know your coronary calcium score, the beauty of that is for $140, probably the best $140 you will ever spend. And Houston Methodist System across the entire city does this. It's a three-minute test, totally non-invasive, gives me and us a wealth of information, and you know where you stand, what your coronary calcium score is. It's not 
the entire story, but yet it's a phenomenal start where you stand. And the key is once you know your coronary calcium score and you know where your percentile is because the coronary calcium score, we are able to see that individual, standardize them against the MESA registry, calculate the percentile based on age and gender, and we are able to say, hey, you know what? You are in the 90th percentile. Man, I've had these patients. 60-year patient comes in the score of 300, 400. You're already in the 95th percentile. and once Meaning see, trouble. Meaning trouble or because... Once, risk, potential trouble. So because, you know, the coronary calcium score, as you know, the classification is as follows. Zero is none. One to 10 is minimal. 11 to 100 mild. 101 to 400 is mild to moderate. 400 severe. Over 1,000 very severe. So once you know your score and where you stand in your percentile... It's, it's a stark reality, and that increases the compliance of using aspirin, statin. That's a very big thing. Right. Same, same thing for what we're I, – I think they're ahead of us in a way I agree. In, in doing that. And we're only now sort of lagging. We've got these millions of people with fatty liver. They're head up where the sun don't shine. And this is what you're trying to do. Yeah, and Randeep, you'll be proud of me. I have- I'm in my 40s, and I have got my calcium score already multiple times. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. So, indeed, like, one of the things, I was attending one of the leadership meetings in the American Association for Steady Liver Disease, and they said, we wish that we have this FIB4 sign on a billboard in the city. If you have type 2 diabetes or metabolic risk factors, get your FIB4. Yeah. So, get that. Yeah. All right. So, two things learned. Get your calcium score. And your FIB4, FIB number four. Everybody, during the break, look it up and you calculate your FIB4. All right, I am Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First. Every Sunday, we are here doing our best to educate the public. Stay tuned. News, weather, and traffic. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, I hope you have had a great weekend, a little time to recharge your batteries. I went out today on sort of a leisurely walk and my wife and I get a little nutty trying to track our steps and our activity on our watch. And we came up a little short. We didn't get to 10,000, but then we went to Costco and I'm proud to say I hit my 10,000 mark, another 3000 steps in Costco today. So, um, Another two or three thousand steps and two hundred dollars. That's uh, what it costs these days. Uh, so I'm in the studio with Dr. Amazon Nuruddin, a hepatologist and researcher here in Houston at the Houston Liver Institute, and Dr. Randeep Sunesia, former chief of cardiology at Houston Methodist Hospital West, and uh, he is with Cardiology Center of Houston. Amazon. Um, with regard to fatty liver, we were talking about the FIB4. Another tool, which is almost equivalent to the $140 for the calcium score, is, is FibroScan. How does that fit in? Uh, and again, if people have fatty liver that they're listening tonight or they have a loved one, they can get the FIB4. But I would say maybe a, a higher level of accuracy maybe with the FibroScan. In a nutshell, tell everybody about that. Right on, right on, Joe. So someone is Googling it, it's labs and age, and they're like, they see the score and it's high. What do I do next? So you have that in office or liver offices. It's ultrasound-like machine. 
you, you think you're doing regular ultrasound, it's different. People start getting ultrasound, that's not it. This one is kind of like vibrating like machine, like ultrasound. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We put it on, on the right side of the body, which where the liver is, and within five, six minutes, it tells you exactly how much fat you have in your liver. And more importantly, if there's a scarring in the liver, which is the problem because cirrhosis, everyone heard about cirrhosis, right? It's complete scarring of the liver. So this one tells you if you are on the road to that from zero, one, two, three, four, it tells you exactly what it is in less than 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. The other, the other thing is, and, and at every opportunity to mention this, cirrhosis does not mean you are an alcoholic. Absolutely. And, and uh, a day doesn't go by where you, you tell somebody, hey, you have cirrhosis or we believe you're close to cirrhosis. And they get insulted saying, how dare you mm -hmm. call me an alcoholic? Absolutely. So this is, the old name used to be non-alcoholic fatty liver yes. disease. And, and that's where sort of the name change came yeah. in. Yeah, and the people, it was like a process, voting process. And people, patients said, when you say non-alcoholic, even if I go to my neighbor and I say I have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, first thing they just like omit that word non and they think I'm alcoholic. And then they, they hear the word fatty and I think of myself fat. So we changed it to call it something mazzled. It's a long name, but... Basically, this disease is actually the most common cause of cirrhosis. Yeah, right. Without drinking. Right. And it's related to food and overweight. Right. Excess. Speaking of that, cholesterol. Uh, again, uh, many people have elevated cholesterol. And what makes me, uh, I don't want to say laugh, but I, 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 I sort of giggle inside, I just have a touch. Just a touch elevated, it's not that bad. My doctor wants to watch it, even though I have five years of high cholesterol and triglycerides. So they come to you and let's say you start them on a, a statin or some drug to lower therapy, uh, lower the cholesterol. Um, what are the options, both drug-wise and non-drug-wise, to treat high cholesterol? Yeah, I, I think... Uh we have to manage the cholesterol based on the risk factors. And here, the calorinary calcium score plays a very big role. If they have a lipids which are mildly elevated and their score is zero, you know, then the management would be different. But if they have premature coronary artery disease with high calcium scores, then you become very uh, obsessive about managing the LDL much more better, bringing it down below 70. And now the newest uh, recommendations in um, from May of uh, 2023 are bring them down LDL below 55 even. So right. the options we have are obviously the cornerstone statins. We have a fair number of statins, lipid soluble, non-lipid soluble. We have to figure out what works for the patient starting low, go to high intensity statins, which are travastatin, resuvastatin. If known coronary disease, we tend to start with those. Key is that you have to um, monitor the patients carefully because statin-associated muscle uh, symptoms, which is... Uh, present in up to 25% of the population. It does happen. If you ask the patients, they're having these non-specific myalgias, you have to monitor the patients because if that affects their quality of life, then you have to reduce the dose, add non-statins in the form of zitamide can be added. And now we have phenomenal other therapies in the form of PCSK9 inhibitors that can be added on to the most well-tolerated dose of statin. We have two of three of those in the market and then we have uh, also now the new inclisiron which is lequio which is can be given once every um six months the first dose wow. is 
So there are other options there, but statins still remain the cornerstone. How how because with with fatty liver, we talk about losing five percent of their body weight, ten percent of their body weight, which in someone that is a hundred pounds overweight, that's not that much. I mean, it's a decent amount of weight. Do you ever feel that losing twenty pounds is enough to lower their cholesterol and their risk? Absolutely. Lifestyle modification plays a key role. It helps you reduce the degrees of inflammation, reduces your LDL, reduces your A1C, will reduce your overall degree of inflammation, everything. So lifestyle modification will contribute anywhere from 10 to 20%. And, you know, those are important because you just cannot just write prescriptions to the patient. Lifestyle modification is critically important. And I say weight loss is the best medicine. There is no it, doubt about it. Right. Amazing. I, I just want to make a comment and for the people who are listening. We're blessed to have these medications that Randeep uh, mentioned. But I just want to make sure people also know that fatty liver cannot be treated with these statins and anti-fat. Right. They're important to be on it to protect heart disease. But fatty liver, unfortunately, has shown not to be solved by statins or right. PSKs. There are other medications for them. But we put these, we asked Randeep and the cardiologist to help us managing dyslipidemia, bad cholesterol on these patients so they don't get the heart attacks. Right. So maybe we'll we'll jump to research. Dr. Nuruddin is a national and international expert within uh, research, especially in fatty liver disease. Where are we at with these new drugs, what is the hope for the future? And thank you for asking this question and asking me to be here today. And Joe, your show is always timely. And this is a very timely time for fatty, fatty liver. liver. <laughs> Why so? A New England Journal paper, this is the top uh, medical journal uh, that we know of as doctors. We just published a paper on therapy for fatty liver or its advanced forms called MASH. The paper came out two weeks ago. But, but also, there is an expected therapy to be hopefully approved by the FDA next month in March 2024. We're watching for this news. So resmitarum is probably going to be the first drug approved for MASH, which is the advanced form of, of fatty liver. So we, we used to be told, okay, we send these patients to you guys. You do fiber scan, and then what? It's just weight loss and exercise? So the answer is no. What, now we have medications that they're going to be hopefully in the market next month. But Joe, when people come to your office, you have these options. Right. They are in clinical trials. They are in research. And importantly, some people say, well, I don't want anyone to experiment on me, and I'm just going to wait. But guess what? Some of these medications are actually... FDA approved for other indications, That's right. mm -hmm. such as weight loss and type 2 diabetes, but the FDA is requiring them to do it on fatty liver patients and NASH. And many of them are weight loss medications. Yeah. So patients, when they come to our offices, like your office, Joe, I'm sure when you put them on clinical trial for fatty liver and they start losing the weight, and we're seeing fatty liver also helping, they get early benefits with FDA approved medications for other indications right. that they're safe. So. We used to be accused that we don't have enough tools. We actually have a lot of tools in the liver. Office. Right. Now, once this new medicine is FDA approved within the next few weeks, I would almost anticipate that there's going to be a lot of patients that are going to be infused into the system 
to be evaluated for these medications. But since we have Dr. Sunasia here, we're going to see these patients and see they have high cholesterol, they have hypertension. So I think everybody involved in this with this influx of patients are going to have to carefully look at them if they're not coming from a cardiologist. We're going to have to act on their behalf, stratify what risks they have, and get them into the right people for that sort of global care. What do you, what do you think of that? Absolutely, because anybody who's got fatty liver probably has coronary artery disease also. Yes. I'm walking out today asking, I'm going to ask my patients to do the calcium score. I used to shy away from recommending a test. And I just, I emphasize, I tell them, I had a patient with chest pain and he's like, oh, my doctor just did uh, a stress test and was normal. I'm like, no, 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 go to cardiologist. It's And he ended up with cardiologist and had a stent right. at the end of the day. But I think these patients, when we st- once we start caring for them, it's important to prevent the number one cause of this death in them, which is coronary artery disease, heart yeah. disease, heart attacks. No, yep. I, I think, and, and it, it really reinforces this connectivity and brotherhood and sisterhood or personhood, whatever we're going to call it, between cardiology and liver disease. We cannot under understate that. All right, final segment coming up. I do hope all of you are enjoying this conversation with Dr. Nuruddin and Dr. Suneja. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. Final segment coming right up. Josh is playing one of my favorite songs here. Well, final segment here. We have a little under 10 minutes. And for those that may be just joining, we have Dr. Randeep Suneja, a acclaimed cardiologist here in Houston, houstoncardiology.com. Uh, is his website, and then Mazen Nuruddin leading the charge in liver disease research with HoustonLiverInstitute.com here in uh, in Houston and around the world. So we've been talking about liver disease, fatty liver, heart disease, the interplay with cholesterol and obesity, now alcohol. Now, this is not necessarily a discussion of of alcoholism or addiction, but uh, for those of us in liver disease, we get very sensitive with alcohol, even small amounts, if you have fatty liver or hepatitis B or hepatitis C, that can make the liver disease worse. So what's your position? What do you tell everybody tonight if you have fatty liver and what to do about alcohol? Yeah, so uh, I'll just go by the guidelines by our society. Uh Uh-huh. First of all, if you have cirrhosis, you got to stop, Joey. You know yeah. that. I know that. It's not just because like we want to punish you because cirrhosis and alcohol is badness. It's going to go to the bad side. The, the liver is going to limp further. And more importantly, you're more prone to develop liver cancer if right. you drink alcohol. And you have right. Cirrhosis. Not good. So the data on fatty liver, if it's in early stages, the data is kind of all over the place. And some people say minimum amount are okay, especially if it's a, a wine, that, that's okay. But by time you start getting st- scarring, stiffness in the liver, especially like the one you do with fibrous skin, they, you see them pre-cirrhosis or have some scarring, it's probably better, especially in the pre-cirrhosis stage, to stop and focus on a healthy lifestyle. Right. But earlier stages in moderation and the right amount, it's probably allowed for now. Right. Now- on the flip side, patients come up to us, and again, we're on the liver side. We're 
taking a detailed alcohol intake history, and we'll red flag it. And, and we'll say, you know, that three glasses of wine or, you know, at lunch or in the evening is a little too much or it is too much in the setting of fatty liver. And the classic response is, well, I'm doing it for my heart. And you sort of want to throw the flag out and say, foul, 10 yards, you're out. So from you, Dr. Sunesia, no, I think what do you say? very important that, uh, you know, we need to make people aware of the amount of alcohol they're drinking. Right. Um, for women, as you know, it is one drink per day mm-hmm. and total more than seven drinks per week is considered excess. Mm-hmm. For men, it is two drinks a day. And you have to also understand when you ask our patients, oh, I drink uh, a glass of wine and, and one serving is four ounces. So, you know, they are saying, oh, you know what, doc, you know, I had like uh, this big glass yeah. and he's just showing me a this big, big pour. <laughs> that that's that's uh, three to four servings in one sitting. Right. And that's excessive. Yeah. And obviously we, we tell them that that ultimately has number one negative on the liver with fatty liver because they are obese already, excess calories and then you have excessive alcohol as negative impact on alcoholic cardiomyopathy also. Right. So those are things and then excess calories every one ounce of wine has 25 calories. And I just this last week, I had a patient, I mathematically calculated him, and I said, you know what? In order to lose one pound, you have to have a negative balance of 3,500 calories. Right. And if you do 500 calories less per day, and every day of the week, you lose a pound. And that 500, I divide into two parts, 250, 250, 250, less caloric intake. Primarily affecting carbs, bread, pasta, dessert, snacks, potatoes, rice, alcohol. And he said, what? Yes. I said, alcohol, part of carbs. He said, yeah, carbs. Yes. I said, that's all part of carbs. And if you reduce 250 calories per day and 250 calories of increasing utilization, meaning burning more, that's half of a brisk walking, jogging, running, whatever you may do. And very important part in this, in these lifestyle modification, as long as you don't have any history of congestive heart failure, 60 to 70 ounces of water, that, that stimulates your metabolism, reduces the appetite, critically important. Right. Now, you know, back, amazing back to you with lifestyle changes. We, we, you know, if you, is it true to say if we didn't have obesity, there'd be no fatty liver? It, that's a little bit of a stretch, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it, I want to point to lean, fat, lean. Uh, fatty liver here. Yes. If we solve obesity, the problem will dec- decrease significantly. Right. Nevertheless, there are some, people I'm blessed with the lean fatty liver, usually they have something called insulin resistance, uh, meaning this is uh, their body doesn't handle insulin well. And if you actually want to know which patients are those, those are the patients that look fine. And then you look under their shirt and they have this small belly there yeah. that's coming from insulin resistant Asian people. Yes, um, a, a lot, lot higher. Of them, they have a lean fatty liver, people from India actually as well. Uh, fatty liver is a big problem there, and it's they have it on the lean side. Yeah. So it, it goes back to the right amount of eating as well as the type of eating. So you actually, you were talking like hepatologists. We, yeah. This low carb, this low carb you were talking about, a lot of people that they are, they look fine, they're not overweight, they eat all of those, a lot of sugars, and they get this insulin resistance. Yeah. And they get fatty liver. 
Pretty amazing. So, Dr. Dr. Sunasia, we're going to get you back on next week to finish up American Heart Month. We'll get off the liver. But you're, you're holding your own here, I must say. Last 15 seconds, message for tonight on heart disease. Message is lifestyle modification plays a critical role. Weight loss is the best medicine. And get your coronary calcium score done. Critically important. If you combine lifestyle modification, get a good cardiologist, good evaluation, get a coronary calcium score, and obviously work on diet, exercise, weight loss, and get your lipids looked at. Dr. Nuruddin, 15 seconds. Even if you don't drink a lot, if you have type 2 diabetes, you're overweight or have high blood pressure, cholesterol, know if you have fatty liver and how bad it is. And there's a test called FIP4. Ask your primary care for it. We have options for you. Perfect. All right. The two of you have been outstanding. Uh, for everybody, if you want to hear this again, this will be um, posted probably in a three or four days as a podcast. You could re-listen to it, share it with your loved ones. But until then... Get your Fib4, calcium score, take CoQ10 if you're on a statin, and uh, be well, love one another out there. Uh, I'm Dr. Joe Galati, and we will see you next Sunday night. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.